0: why hello thrivers what is a thriver you ask if you're a thriver it means you're a fan of this show that's right while you're all thrivers in my heart there's a more official way to become one if you catch my drift go to www.patreon.com slash mr thrive to become a patron to this exciting opportunity for exclusive content live updates experimental media insights and more all to keep you more in the action Become a Thriver today at patreon.com slash mrthrive. Enjoy the show. You have stumbled upon stars of tomorrow. For every Friday, I, Mr. Thrive interview someone like actor Mick Primer, who is yet to be discovered. This up-and-coming podcast talks with the up-and-coming Mick. Despite the world going into chaos, I'm having a really chill day. Today, the House is voting on Trump impeaching. Mm. Uh, impeaching Trump, I mean. Mm-hmm. You know, we got we got madness just happening all around the world with, mm. with all this different stuff, but I'm sitting here in a room that is just unscathed by the insanity because I'm sitting here with you. Oh. Welcome to the podcast, man.
1: Thanks, man. It feels great. This yeah. is very intimate. Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. I I'm
0: I've been looking forward to having you for some time now and and you're finally here. I've always I think one thing that people recognize when you first introduced yourself is that you're a very chill guy but you're also very spiritual mm. and you're very welcoming towards ideas. Where does that where does that vibe come from exactly?
1: It started with meditation because I was able to really tap into the third eye and figure out how important it is to integrate both the non-physical and the physical realm because ultimately it's all this mysterious love yeah. that we have to try and figure out. Where where did you where did you learn this ability to accept and to welcome this skill? Man, it's a practice. It is a practice, especially to be 100% present and available for people. Yeah. My goodness, especially in the town of Los Angeles. It's a crazy
0: world. I don't know how you're able to focus on one thing when mm. you live in a city like Los
1: Angeles. Oh, my God. Well, today I didn't expect to be on the show. So yeah. <laughs> we can we can thank the gods for a lovely, unexpected LA uh, surprise. Sure, absolutely. I,
0: You know, a little bit of backstory behind that. Mm. Uh so there were two people today that I was actually expecting to interview, which I don't ever like to interview two people on the same day. I only did that one time, and that was actually for the first two episodes with Amanda mm. Villatoro and Owen uh, Wilson. No, I almost said <laughs> Owen Wilson um, with with my friend Owen cool. uh, Owen Fox. And, and what happened was I interviewed them both on the same day. And uh, I think if you listen to that, first off, I I was learning how to interview people, so it probably wasn't as great of an interview as it could have been. But it was the first time I ever interviewed someone. Mm. But the second thing as well was that uh, I think that the creative juices in my head that are geared towards actually coming up with those kind of questions and that ability to to ask questions and whatnot was hindered by the fact that I had to think of two individual profiles that were not necessarily related Mm. and find a way to tie in what we had discussed prior to that. Oh my God. So it was a lot. It was a lot to kind of like just like come up with on the spot. And it was all in the same day. And that was also with a slight inebriation of tequila.
1: Oh, tequila.
0: <laughs> back in the podcasts. day. Yeah, uh-huh. back in the day, we were taking a shot for every single tequila. Uh, we
1: took one shot, but I, I just simply don't have a, a bottle of liquor. So thank, thank God because, man, I'll tell you what, I'm a lightweight. Are uh, right? you? Yep. And I'll have one beer and be like, woo! Oh, yeah! <laughs> Baby, I'm feeling good. <laughs> so I don't know if tequila would be the most appropriate beverage. For right, we would have learned a lot about Mick if you. Oh I don't even. I don't even think many people listening would understand a thing that I would be saying. Right, but at least it would be spiritually cool. Ooh. Ooh. Do you? Do you have a? Do you have a drunk name? A drunk name. Yeah. Well, my name's Mick. So immediately people think oh this guy's kind of crazy like Mick like who is this guy like, <laughs> I'm just I am certainly a Mick when I go out sure and and that could that could mean a million things but what I do when I go out is is that I let loose I dance my butt off I'm I'm the white guy twerking on the dance floor I was man. just about
0: to ask if you twerk oh I twerk
1: <laughs> I was in a music video that had to do with milk and cereal but it was really Really raunchy and like. I think ghetto. I saw that music video with TiVo, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was oh my shaking God. my booty, and so much so that there's sh- there was a shot where we were all supposed to be like really cool and kind of just bopping to the music and i kept like lifting my heels up i kept like trying to like do all these weird sexy stripper (laughs) poses while sitting down and tivo (laughs) kept swatting my leg away (laughs) as we were recording i hope i hope that makes the cut
0: (laughs) (laughs) i hope it does too yeah that's hysterical oh my god no but um i think that uh Mm. so uh, so so i heard i heard a i heard a thing where, like, you know how they say, like, what your stripper name is, right? It's, like, the street you grew mm. up on and in, like, mm. I, I, I've heard, like, like everyone has, like, a stripper name, right? It's the street you grew up <laughs> on followed by your, your first dog's name, I think is what it was.
1: Well, guess what? I've already got a stripper name. Okay, what's your stripper not- name? Has nothing to do with that. What's your stripper name? My stripper name is Malibu Mickey. Malibu Mickey. Yeah.
0: Oh my God! I want to. Yeah. That just that name alone makes me want to put uh, dollar
1: bills into uh-huh. your into your ass crack. Just That's thinking right. about that. <laughs> Who needs Ma- Malibu Ken when you got Malibu Mickey, baby? Right, right.
0: Yeah. No, mine would be. I mean, based off of that, like that structure is. Uh, I guess Canyon Winston. Although I think Winston Canyon sounds better. That sounds like a way better Vinst hey, Canyon. It's, it's Winston Canyon.
1: Ooh. Yeah, Every- the Winston works. <laughs> Say it one more time. Give me another Winston crime.
0: It is Winston Canyon. Ooh, Winston Coming Canyon. over to make that Come make on. that booty Come on. booty jiggle. Oh okay. We'll work <laughs> on that. that. We'll work on that indeed because I am nowhere close to stripper material.
1: That's okay.
0: But I'm I'm you know, I'm exercising constantly. Anyway, back great. to what I was saying though. You. Uh you have We all have our our, our stripper names, but then yeah. you have your, your drunk name. And I found out that your middle name is <laughs> supposed to be your drunk name. Oh. I, I beg to differ, though, because I do have an alter ego. Not like an actual alter ego when I drink, oh. but I, I was thinking about it. Like, okay, so under the premise of like your middle name, that means my middle name is Bennett. But I was named after a Bennett. The mm. Bennett was a real person in my mom's life, and he was a really sweet person. So I don't like giving Bennett a, a drunk name. Instead, I go by Chad when I'm <laughs> drunk, and that just yeah. makes the most sense to me. Yes. You, so, <laughs> hey, Chad, what's going on, dude? Bro, do you even like do you even like shotgun beer,
1: man? No, because I'm a lightweight no, who can't sh- skull the beer man, anymore. You fucking pussy no. man, shotgun that shit. You know that's what <sighs> Chad
0: sounds like. That's what totally what Chad sounds like. And he's a piece of shit. Ch- he's a piece of shit. Mm. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. Mm. Oh, man. I'm glad I'm not Chad. I'm, I'm Chaz, I'm Charles, I'm Charlie, but I'm, I'm all those things under the sun, but, you know. Do you I have alter Chad. egos like that? Do you, Do you ever have those moments? Well,
1: I don't think my middle name would serve as a really good alter ego. It's Frederick. So Frederick is also a nice lad name, like Bennett. Frederick. Bennett. I like Frederick. That's yeah, cool, Frederick. Yeah, yeah. It's so my dad's Fredrick. middle name. My my dad's middle name is Fred. Oh, no way. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right, Fred. <laughs> Dude, I mean, if it ain't Malibu Mickey, it's a spiritual cowboy. <laughs> yeah. That's who I am, man. Yeah, you really are.
0: Yeah. yeah. You really are. Well, let's let's get into a little bit because sure. I I know that you uh have a baby. You have a project that you're currently working on. Mm-hmm. It is called uh it's called now. Tribe, mm-hmm. The Untold Story of the Making of Vice. It's not just Tribe. You can't just call it Tribe. It mm-hmm. needs to be the full story. Why why does
1: it have to be the full title? The full title is Tribe: The Untold Story of the Making of Vice Cops. Vice Cops.
0: Oh Vice my god, Cops. I messed it up. No, so, it's okay. so
1: yeah, it's such a wild title. Tell yeah. me about it. Well, Tribe The Untold Story of the Making of Ice Cops is a collection of all of the thoughts and manifestations and beliefs. And you could go on and on about that from my friends and I that spent a lot of time in Texas together learning about the industry, being young creatives that needed outlets to express in a small market in Texas. So my buddies and I would um, smoke a lot of... Beautiful plant medicine Mm -hmm. in order to kind of situate ourselves into a more coherent state of consciousness (laughs) until we have too much. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, In order for us to just kind of express more. And when we did, we had fun. And there were so many one liners. We were watching movies all night, editing doing all sorts of stuff with plant medicine, and there were just so many one-liners that I wrote on my notes on my phone that were not just one-liners, actually. They were all situational-based humor. Sure. Do do you still have those notes I do, yeah. Let's see if I do. Um, But, yeah, so we just kind of came up with a lot of fun stuff to talk about, a lot of stories, a lot of funny scenes that had to do with our lives. And when I moved to L.A., I... I really miss that I missed that creative tundra that was my friend's mom's place in Pflugerville, Texas. <laughs> but when I moved, sounds fun. Yeah. But when I moved to LA, I I just became a better artist and I brought that with me whenever I would visit to Austin, back to Austin, Texas. And when I did, my friends were doing the same thing too over there. So we pulled together ideas about what it's like to write a film and and, and what could we do to kind of emulate the weird absurdity that is the film industry? And we came up with two characters played by me and my friend Manuel. And Manuel is pretty much playing himself and this, just a little bit more pissed off at me because my character gives him every reason to. <laughs> so he plays a man named Miguel. Okay. And Miguel is best friends with Richie, the character I play. And so Richie and Miguel have a tight deadline. There's an investor waiting for a script. But I'm... Too busy trying to, you know, create a smoothie, create the right atmosphere so we can sink into the creativity. And Miguel has no, no choice but to deal with me because I'm his writing partner that he agreed to do this with. Okay. But basically, he's the one who's the brains of the operation. And sure. I don't know what Richie is, but he's there and he's got creative energy. Let's just say that. So it centers around these two characters trying to come up with something for an investor, and what is revealed at the end of the film. About Actually, about halfway through, because it's such a long thing. Uh, what is revealed at the, uh, the, the, the crucial point of the film is something completely unrelated to what they were coming up with in the first place. And that, that actually has to do with what Richie uh, does, what Richie brings to the table that is unexpected, that could have easily just been something useless. Totally. Mm-hmm. And that, that
0: actually happens a
1: lot in the creative yeah. process. You start with one thing,
0: and it completely shifts over to another Exactly. That happens all the time. I mean, you're a storyteller
1: yourself a little bit, aren't you? Yeah. I fell in love, in love with acting in Texas. In Texas. In Texas. Yeah. I, I went to film school. Which, which school was that? Austin Community College. That's really cool. ACC, baby. Austin's pretty cool. Did you keep it weird over yeah, there? Yeah, I kept it weird. Man. <laughs> what Come were some on. of the things you did outside of school over there? Well, I'll tell you what. I got into a lot of things. yes yeah. But what I really <laughs> loved was getting healthy and sexy before embarking on a journey to LA what keeps it weird is the meditation and, and the weird yoga and the stretching I mean I was the guy that wanted to get flowy everywhere and sure that's only become so much more over here so yeah. I have I have my Texas roots to thank.
0: yeah for sure you just described something interesting you talked about like the 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 journey to as you said getting sexy right (laughs) yeah but that that in my mind means that you have a definition of what it means to be sexy
1: totally and what does that mean to you oh that was deep uh being sexy is being comfortable within your own body yeah inside and out as above so below i love that you know i body
0: positivity has become a a hot-button topic and trends and social media and whatnot. And now we're seeing models that are no longer Barbie-shaped and now plus-sized and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Actually, one of the first interviews on this podcast was w- with a woman named Nicole Holmes, and she d- does uh, plus-size modeling on the side. Mm-hmm. I know someone else who is a gaffer slash photographer whose wife is a plus sized model. And it's pretty remarkable that we're now in a society that is beginning to accept that and love it. Mm. And I think that's really what what health means. Mm -hmm. But do you think that that could also lead to allowing for someone to let themselves loose to an unhealthy point? Absolutely. And, And how do you balance that, you know?
1: I think we have to embrace who we are, obviously, and with our bodies. We all come in different shapes and sizes. If you're a naturally curvy woman and you've got a lot of gifts that you are... Not necessarily comfortable finding out or you're not, i i feel like we need we need to have a healthy relationship with our own selves, so if you're a woman who is curvy and has this you know voluptuous look and feel, then embrace that or even a man for that matter. A man man or female yeah man, male or female, but if you choose an unhealthy lifestyle and put really bad food in your, in your body and, and live an untruthful way of being who you are, then that's not going to be what you want. That's not what the soul is looking for. The soul is looking for this sense of oneness with oneself and others. So I feel like if you let yourself go and do a little bit of modeling and... You like it, great. I just hope that it's not that that you embrace. It's more like who you are and, and what what you want to do. And I say that as long as you are doing the inner work, then it's all going to show. And you're no one will be able to take their their eyes off you, regardless of who you are.
0: Yeah. I mean, all these all these different factors contribute to your confidence. And, and, yeah. and the confidence is really what is the sexiest part of any person. I've met, mm. you know, uh, I, I, will, I will call them subjectively beautiful people with terrible personalities because they are so insecure with themselves, they have to lash out in a terrible way. Mm. And that just makes them so unsexy, mm-hmm. you know? And I think part of that is having to surround yourself with the correct people. I I, I've surrounded myself in the past with terrible people before, and it took away from my ability to do things such as I'm doing like right now, Mm. like, like that, like to hear your, to hear your own voice and, and to, to break that barrier of accepting it is a real challenge. And Mm. I had to get past that challenge in the past couple episodes around that time was a transitional period for myself where I was learning how to cut people out that were toxic, Mm. you know? It's not just people that are toxic, it's the food that's toxic, it's the lifestyle that's yes, toxic. Absolutely. And all these things just contribute to being sexy. Yeah.
1: You know?
0: I think that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. I just love that our definition for sexy has really changed in the two thousands.
1: Yeah. I think that's really neat. That is really neat. You know? It's fun to see consciousness become aware of itself, right? Sure. That's what we're doing. This is what this is what this whole thing is about, right? Yeah. We just watched little Dickies Music video Earth. That's right, we did, and that was
0: that was awesome. It was awesome, wasn't was it? Awesome. It was a good music video, and and Lil Dicky is a is a is a, is a I will I will now say by by mm-hmm. the current day standards, just a, a an objectively sexy person. Totally.
1: You know, authentic too. He's
0: real authentic. Mm-hmm. I think he's one of the most authentic uh, uh, artists out there. Yeah, you know? he's good. Yeah, and he, he's passionate about certain topics, and he you can see that he, he loves to collaborate with people on like a real human level that other artists, I feel like, do not. Mm-hmm. And that's something very different than what we're getting.
1: I think it yeah. makes him one of the most prolific uh, rappers out there. And that's how you become better. And that's how you become really in tune with yourself is that you just continue to find what you want to say. Yeah, And if you don't know what you want to say, that's a beautiful opportunity for you to find what you're looking for. And the most obscure of ways. We don't know. Absolutely. Until we try.
0: Yeah. It seems like finding things and and, and searching is a a major kind of theme that that kind of contributes to your life. Uh, What what was a major time in your life that, that searching and finding was kind of imperative?
1: When I was about to turn 21, I went vegan and... I didn't know anything about nutrition, so it wasn't necessarily the veganism that really compromised my health, but it was the lack of knowledge on what to put in my body, how my body responds to certain foods, and all of the environmental stressors that happen in our modern life. So I also had mononucleosis, and I had a plethora of things. But anyway, this all correlates to what I was searching for. I, I had, all I had B12 deficiency as well. Wow. Um, which really fucked me up. I bet. Yeah. So that is when I decided, hey, I've got like all of these bad problems right now. What do I need to do to get better? So Plain what, and simple. What did you do? Man, I I bless my my mom for her help with her and I also going through the same, uh, not the same sickness, but the same period of time of sickness. Mm. So we we spent like... A whole summer, a hot summer in Texas, trying to get better, figuring out what we needed to do, what what kind of foods we needed to buy. And uh, an example of my symptoms were PTSD, insomnia, anxiety, major depression. I couldn't really walk properly for like the first couple weeks, couldn't really focus on text when I was reading. And so I it was like I had to go through the homeopathic um, route. So I, I, don't, I don't know what that is. What is that? I went to a different... Uh, instead of um, conventional medicine, I decided to go through, uh, explore different paths and and figure out what I could do to uh, heal myself in a holistic way. So I remember actually being on my hands and knees begging to great spirit, whoever, I didn't really have a realistic or I shouldn't say realistic, a uh, mature relationship with Great spirit, but I just remember begging to anybody, please help me, help me, help me, help me. I cannot live this way. I cannot live this way. And I was on YouTube the next day looking at anything that could really help me. And I stumbled upon an Elliot Hulse video. And Elliot Hulse was this, is still currently a major fixture in my life through health and wellness on YouTube. Health, wellness, and fitness on YouTube. The guy's awesome. Amazing dude. Jacked Buddha. Cool. Essentially. And he talked about this man named Wim Hof, and Wim Hof is this um, amazing man. He's uh, in his 60s now, and he's from Iceland, and spent the majority of his adult life figuring out breath work and figuring what it, like figuring out his, uh, the connection between the breath consciousness and being able to tap into your autonomic nervous system, and essentially what his breathing technique the wim hof method taught me was that i could access these different parts of myself that could disconnect me from my symptoms and my physical you know symptoms from my body mind to tap into a a a different source and then i could apply cold water therapy uh having ice ice baths and cold showers to you know activate everything to do with my body in order to heal right so I, I started feeling a lot better with meditation. I was able to calm down. I was able to really center myself. And with, with, combined with cold water therapy and, and yoga and all sorts of stuff, I slowly started getting better. But I realized how fucked up uh, technology can be when you're in a really compromised state. It can also be to your benefit as well. So it's very, it's very 50-50. But I just remember being very sick and I kept looking at my phone I kept uh, I kept buying clothes on ASOS. I love ASOS, but it was an addiction at that time. <laughs> I was on apps, and I didn't even spend that much time on it. But I was always I'd always come back to my phone because that was that little dopamine hit that I really needed that could help me. And so I I dealt with uh, emotional issues, and I dealt with like when I was sick, I, I didn't have my mojo. Yeah. I didn't have a mojo. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I also dealt with you know my sexual identity and and what what that meant for me going into the future as well as what i can do to get better and i realized that i was a a man who who just needed that push from life's challenges in order yeah. to receive a great
0: awakening it sounds like the age of 21 was an intense pivotal year Totally, bro. Yeah. I mean, I think for most people, that just means I get to drink alcohol. Yeah. But for you, that means something completely different.
1: I I surrender. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I surrendered at 21. (laughs) And I'm so blessed that I did.
0: Yeah. What is the process of surrendering exactly? What, What do you mean by that?
1: Oh, man. Surrendering, I guess it's just like this complete release of what you know, what you want, what you th- think is going to happen. Do you think
0: that people oftentimes with their mentality are fighting themselves? Yeah. we. I think
1: we we have a lot of resistance. We have a lot of resistance. W- what does that look like exactly? Man, it could be layered, layered on for many things, but resistance meaning there's some emotional issues that you suppress because of a busy lifestyle that can tumble over, that can spill over into romantic relationships or, you know, not necessarily giving yourself the grace and time to look within mm. can just really, it's a, it can trickle down. It can affect your whole life. And in this town, everybody's busy. LA is
0: crazy. LA I mean, it's crazy. One Fun prime time. example of like, just like, like not, not even a metaphor, just like the literal display of how busy everyone is in this town is the highway. And just driving around it, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Uh, I I find myself speeding to work all the time, my day job. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. even though it's a lousy job, I'm, try, I'm trying not to be late. Yeah, I feel like that's everybody yeah. cutting everyone off,
1: mm. being
0: ruthless on the road, being an aggressive driver. Mm. You know, it's intense. It's almost like nonsensical. It's almost exactly. insanity.
1: Yeah, it is. You got to find your groove on the road, and yeah. find your groove while dealing with, like, these things that we call life, all of the stressors, all of the relationships, all of the routines and patterns. yeah, It's not easy to look within. It sounds like I'm I'm like, hey, yeah, you guys got to do it. It's all good. It's really easy and fun. But it's not. It's fun, but it's not easy. But it gets easier once you understand yourself. And I feel like people in Los Angeles,
0: they will like some so there there's a there's a niche of people in Los Angeles mm. who they um you know they claim they're spiritual uh, you know but it's really just for Instagram you mm-hmm. know and I you're not that kind of person you actually are genuinely a spiritual person you've done the research you've you've paid the dues mm. in that in that respect uh thanks I'm flattered you know th- <laughs> yeah of course you're welcome you know you you're different but what is it about you that makes it makes yourself different when it comes to spirituality?
1: I think uh, being humbled on a regular basis is great. Yeah. I think, uh, I think having a healthy ego is, is hard to establish. But once you do, it's like you're carrying a portable paradise in your, in your mind, being able to understand empathically with people and flow like embrace the flow of life there are so many things that i want to do in in a day and when i start to actually put more more time and emphasis on it and respect that that window of time that i give myself it takes a while sure we don't usually we don't usually get everything done in one day and there's a lot of things that need to be taken care of but if you have a daily practice of whatever keeps you into a spiritual sense of um, clarity while dealing with life, then things become so much easier. Right. And I just realized something. Mm.
0: You're from Australia. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you were born in Australia, but are people in Australia actually this level of spiritual?
1: Well, first of all, they've they've got an accent. They've got an Aussie tone to them. Right. So, yeah, I could go back and say, hey, how you guys going? Like, Who's spiritual here? The thing is, is that everybody is spiritual. We just need to tap into it. And I f- feel like I, a lot of my upbringing over there is responsible for the weird spirituality from the beginning before it really happened because I had friends that were 16 and 17 and they were going out in the middle of the woods taking psychedelics and listening to techno and, and <laughs> hard, hardcore trance and stuff like that, psytrance. I, I feel like... I feel like
0: it, Australia is the last place you want to do that cuz i've yeah. heard so yeah. many horror stories about the, the crazy animals and the wildlife that right. can kill you out there. Right. Yeah. You know,
1: you keep your wits about you, but if you're in the bush, not necessarily in the out in the outback, i think you're going to be okay. Okay. But the, you know, up north in, in the rainforest tropical area of uh, Queensland, yeah, you'll get some pretty scary stuff, mate. Yeah. <laughs> some pretty scary stuff. Yeah. Have
0: yeah. you have you ever, when when you were living in Australia did you ever encounter any of that?
1: Big ass spiders, big ass spiders. Nope, (laughs) nope. I'm not
0: doing it. I, I, you know, I I think I would really like to just be in the touristy parts of Australia.
1: Right. But spiders, that's where I draw the line. I know. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of weird. Bigger than your face or or what are we talking about? Well, there is such thing as a bird eating spider in Australia. A bird Eating eating spider. How big of a bird? Are we talking about hummingbird? No. Time eagle? We're talking about like a. I saw a picture of a kookabara. A kookabara is a native bird. It's how how big, big is a kookabara? It's about a foot long, foot yeah. tall. Jesus. Yeah. And that, and a spider can eat a foot tall bird. Yeah, I saw that wrapped around its web.
0: In, in person? Not in person. Uh, like on the Discovery Channel or something? Oh, boy. Well, it's all fake. Through pictures. yeah, It's all fake. It's all fake. No, no, it's not fake at all. Uh, <laughs> I have,
1: that's I, terrifying. It is terrifying. Oh, my God. I'm happy to admit that I haven't seen one in person because I used to live behind a nature reserve. I used to live behind a beautiful little block of land outside my place. That just sounds city. like a death trap. You know what? It was a cute trap because okay. all I saw were bush kangaroos. Okay. Kangaroos are pretty cute. <laughs> yeah, they sound so bloody cute. Up, up until they kick you in the chest, but other than uh, that, they're,
0: they, they're, they're pretty cute animals. I honestly, say.
1: do not fuck with a kangaroo because while they're cute, if you get near a mum and her joey, she gonna slash your guts up with her freaking claws. Yeah, yeah. So. I, I,
0: there's, a lot of, there's a lot of deaths like that related to Australia, isn't there?
1: Ugh, yeah, strange way. Yeah, yeah. Don't be an idiot, people. Don't be
0: an idiot. I I love that one video of, though. Of you see a kangaroo choking this guy's dog. Oh yeah. And yeah, the, yeah. and this Australian guy just started running up to this this kangaroo, going, "Hey, stop that!" And he comes and socks the kangaroo in the face. And the kangaroo let go of the dog. Yeah. And the kangaroo, you just he, he was he, he barely looked like he was hit, but he gave this guy this look. He mm. just stood there and looked back at the guy who socked the kangaroo right in the face and was like. It just happened. Uh, uh, did a human just punch me in the yeah, face? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think the kangaroo let go of the dog in pure shock
1: and respect like a
0: mixture of shock, respect, and anger. It yeah. wasn't even like he was hurt.
1: No, no, no. The kangaroo <laughs> just was took the jab and was like this. Like, cut. Wow, that, that human was really brave. I, yeah, this changes my perspective. Yeah, he was perplexed, <laughs> but he, he still arced up at him like he did not. Yeah, back you, you've down. seen the video too. Yeah, yeah, yeah where he's like, oh, the Bruce, Bruce, there's a kangaroo with Bruce. Blah, blah, blah. One of the guys is, who's driving the dude who saves his dog is, you know, like he's freaking out. Right. His buddy's like, oh, I got this, mate.
0: And, and the guy, the guy who punched the kangaroo, he's not even that big of a guy. He's just no. kind of a normal looking,
1: like, yeah. dude,
0: he's, he's fit, but he's not like jacked. He's no, not no. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. No, no, just some normal bloke in the middle of the bush. Yeah, really. Need to get his dog back. Yeah. yeah. And The dog seemed pretty happy. He seemed like, oh, he was just giving me a pet.
1: Weird, weird situation. <laughs> Very folks. weird situation. Funny video though.
0: Yeah, great video. I I, 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 give it a whirl if you get the chance. Just mm. look up "man saves dog from kangaroo." I'm, mm. I'm sure you'll find it. But um...
1: <laughs> yeah, it's the first thing that pops up. <laughs> really... You don't even have to type the full sentence. Right. It's already gonna. Right. Yeah, it's already gonna show you where it's at. Definitely.
0: No. Mm. Oh my god. I just um...
1: wanted to say that. I send my love to everybody in Australia right now because of the, all the fires and the craziness that's been happening yeah. over there, all the floods, the fires. The, the the population of koalas is nearly extinct because of all the fires recently.
0: Ugh, it's terrible. So I, I was know. just watching something that was kind of disheartening about a, a human nature, mm. current human nature. It hasn't always been like this, but it's like this now. And I was just watching this video about, you know, mm. like, about, what was it, like a couple months ago, Mm. everyone was freaking out about the Amazon rainforest, right? Mm. But that freak out, all that effort into saving the Amazon rainforest, went only one month. Mm. It was one spike in trends. If you go on Google Trends, you type in the Amazon rainforest, Mm. you see a quick spike, and it quickly goes back down to zero. Mm. Same thing with that koala Mm. in Australia. Got one spike for a week, and then everyone disappeared, you know? Yeah. And it's like... Wow! What does that say about us? What does that say about us? It says that I, I think what it says is that we we weren't always like this, you know. I mm-hmm. think that if there was a problem, we, we'd stick to it. Uh, if I mean, imagine, imagine if in World War II we had iPhones and, and technology, right? This is something I have to think about a little bit, right? Would World War II just be a one week spike trend? <laughs> and I, that that wouldn't be good, like. Japan gets bombed. Oh my god, we got to act. And then after mm-hmm. that, uh let's focus on the next thing. Let's mm. focus on what Hitler's doing over there. Right. But not
1: actually go there. Uh, yeah, far out, man. It's a weird that's a weird scene. I think that that's
0: exactly what would happen if we had iPhones. Mm. But here's the thing. I think there's just we're just polluted with 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 our phones in our hands. Totally so much with all this information that how do we stretch our brain between all 100 subjects being thrown at us at a
1: time and it increases every day there's more information out there it's like what the hell like we're gonna have to come up with a a balance of this we're gonna have to figure this out for ourselves the reason why (laughs) it won't stop (laughs) right
0: right yeah it's not an easy process not at all no it's just not and it's frustrating and,
1: you it's know... It's certainly changed. It's changed a lot of things about human relation. It really has. You're talking about technology? Yeah, but also the, just the, the, the smartphone era mm-hmm. where everything just became this tsunami of uh, change and in information.
0: It, it really has. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I think that the information era is a wonderful thing. Absolutely. It's a really, really wonderful thing that is very, very needed. But where are we you know where are we going with it it's so unfocused right now as to what we're going to be doing with the information era that it's actually in my opinion actually dumbing us down a little
1: bit yeah i think
0: that's the problem yeah. if the if the focus of the information era was to educate then we wouldn't have this problem
1: mm-hmm. but that's
0: not the focus
1: no it's not
0: like a great deal of the focus has to do i think i think with marketing another great deal of it has to do with uh Entertainment entertainment, and distractions. Mm-hmm. Another great deal of it has to do with uh, activism, mm. you know, and, and, and so much more than that.
1: Yeah, things are being amplified because of that. Yeah, and sometimes it's a great thing. It's yeah, very important. It's, oh, it's very important to our existence right now to, <laughs> to really to get a hold of ourselves and help each other. Yeah, the empathy factor. Mm. There's so much disparity there really
0: is, but, you know, it's. There's
1: no real answer to that right now, is there? As long as we become the strongest versions of ourselves and help people shine their light, then I think this is going to be a really amazing world. Yeah, it already is. We just need a little bit of a helping hand with each other.
0: Well, I think you just talked about something. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna call back a little bit to something you said earlier about meditation mm-hmm. and whatnot. I, you know, I, I had a little phase where I was trying meditation, and it, it definitely helped me a lot. Mm. But how do you meditate exactly, and how does that factor into what you
1: do today as an actor? Mm. Well, I have a daily practice of at least a, at least three rounds of breath work that vary, and most of them are from yogic techniques. So I would encourage people to just start by doing some yoga. Mm. start by doing some yoga because there's so many different types and the definition of yoga is the communion of body and mind so find what works for you to get into that state there are also methods like qigong and tai chi that are active meditations where you're working in you're accessing these energy centers in your body and you're starting to become one and be present and there are many things that we can do. So I, I start. I start by um, doing some pranayama breath work, and basically, you know, just different breathing techniques sure. to, to uh, allow myself to oxygenize my body or oxygenate my body. And when I do that, I can retent my breath. Hmm. And when I retent my breath for a long, long period of time, I either sit in stillness, or a lot of things come up for me, whether they be messages from a higher source, stories uh, that I, I see playing out in my life, or just love being expressed. And I really like, I, I really like it um, for a number of reasons, because it it's only going to help us connect to that frequency together. Sure. Yeah. Can you give me a time that mm-hmm. maybe you had meditated
0: or done the breathing exercises that played a factor into a major decision in your life?
1: Wow. Yeah. 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 Uh I I fell in love with somebody recently. Like I would say this time last year. And it was amazing. And I remember feeling like I was really alone before I met her and I was on this date someone not not her someone separate this is before I met her I was on this date it wasn't going well but I was there I was present I was having a good time and um afterwards I thought well it's been a couple days she hasn't said anything maybe I should contact her and I just remember I just remember this feeling of like for my intuition from my gut saying no don't and I was like oh okay I guess I won't. Did some breath work. And my roommate at the time invited me to take pictures behind the scenes of uh, his photo shoot. And that's where I met that woman. And I I just remember having the strength and courage to listen to myself and know my self-worth and not succumb to uh, contacting someone when clearly the message is the opposite. So I just remember that being very pivotal. And I choose to uh, use that every day as a tool to get closer to uh, where I want to be and what I want to share with people.
0: I think that is beautiful.
1: Thanks, man. And I really <laughs>
0: appreciate you sharing that yeah. incredibly personal story. Mm. Um, and how, how did those same exercises factor into the development of that relationship?
1: Well, I... I embraced the love as much as I could, like with 150,000% honesty. And we talked about surrender before. When you feel such feelings, I think if you surrender and embrace that, then it just becomes a beautiful, authentic experience. So I, I dedicated myself as a man to become the strongest version of myself for her uh my, my loved ones and everybody else. So it was just, it was a, a wake up call, you know, that for, as a man, as a spiritual man to help my woman in, in the world. And I'll always, always um, be grateful for that. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. Not many people uh,
0: are able to express thanks for experiences like that. Mm. Um, I try to, you know, Yeah, I think sometimes like growing up, like sometimes like people would, Ask me like how, well, this is going to sound a little cocky, but how, how, how do you maintain a, a good personality? And I would mm. say just act like those, uh, I, I, I take the worst, I take the best from the worst people and I keep it with me, mm. you know, as mm. in I, I, everything, the, the majority of what makes that situation bad, look through the, look through the lines a little bit to, to, to find thanks for, for the positive that you see from it, mm. you know? For example yeah this guy's a bully but he is confident or at mm-hmm. least he displays confidence mm-hmm. you know
1: so yeah no i i feel that i think you just have a deep knowing for people and yourself well thank you yeah that, no, there's nothing to be cocky or uh overly confident to uh you know to talk about like that, that that's beautiful man i think that's something you and i share by the way mm. you know I mean, yeah
0: man i mean I'm sure it's helped in in you know, helping you realize what's what's best for you uh, in terms of just meeting people as well. Yeah.
1: You know. Um, just be there for people and they'll return back. You know, we get hurt, though. Sure. We get hurt. And going back to a daily practice, a breath work, or wh- however you want to do it, that helps the healing process. And I, uh, <laughs> I had to deal with a breakup. Yeah. yeah so the, the same woman... Uh, unexpectedly and i thank the gods for me being able to tap into those realms on a daily basis so i can have some sort of sense of clarity as a young man in a crazy city with a uh, open heart that's very tender yeah yeah <laughs> still tender <clears throat> yeah well you're in the healing process it sounds like yeah man and there's nothing wrong with the good cry ladies and gentlemen we no. love a good cry. No, yeah. so I
0: God. There have been moments in my life where I I haven't been able to cry,
1: mm. and I really wanted to. Mm.
0: I really really wanted to cry, and I couldn't. Other times it was very easy for me.
1: Oh, oh. it's funny how that works.
0: Yeah. Well, this is gonna sound a little messed up, but but a, a little bit through halfway this year, my dog, uh, my, my one of my dog uh, dogs, Vinny, mm. he passed away. Mm. And we, we saw his process of suffering, you know. We saw him getting seizures because of the lack of oxygen that he was getting to his brain. And we oh. saw him uh, suffer. And we knew we had to put him down. And uh, at first, I wasn't able to cry.
1: Hmm.
0: I, I eventually cried. But I, I don't know why. It was so hard for me to, to do that. It was, it was very weird never ex- very few moments where i've actually experienced that
1: i think that 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 just has to go with um it has to do with the the shock factor of grief the stages of so. grief yeah and then maybe you found found ways of releasing that and i'm sure you did so it comes in it comes in waves and it comes when you don't expect it yeah and uh it's an interesting thing pain is important
0: Yes, you have to embrace it, and a lot of I know some people like I, I I talked about cutting out toxic people in your life, and I think one of the key traits of one particular toxic person I'm thinking of is the inability to face pain, partly because of how they were raised. You know, they were raised not to wear their heart in their sleeve mm-hmm. like I was, and it sounds like the way that you were. Mm-hmm. You know, I was raised to 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 live with my heart on my sleeve and mm-hmm. to embrace these feelings, but he wasn't. Mm-hmm. This one guy that I'm thinking of, and I had to cut him out because of that factor because someone wasn't willing to be as honest with me as I was with them someone was wasn't willing to open up with me as i as as much as i as I wanted to open up with with him mm-hmm. you know, and that that was made for a one sided friendship
1: oh those are the worst
0: you know and that's the, you know do you do you do you think you have any of those today
1: Oh of course well i I gave myself. A lot of room for forgiveness Hmm. (laughs) you must forgive but you must also hold people accountable so there are a lot of things that I've noticed when I've met people here that are interesting and alarming at the same time I mean it's a it's a really ego-driven place anywhere is if we think about it because you know it's our perceived sense of self right yeah Um, I just know that I give people the time but I've been able to cultivate that awareness of not necessarily um, use you, know, not necessarily wasting my time on people like that. It happened when I was younger in Australia when I had, you know, teenage friends that would take advantage of my cool uh, shed, my garage, where we would smoke a lot of, you know, a lot of good fun stuff. You know, the think, devil, the devil's lettuce, the devil's lettuce, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I had a lot of friends that. Looking back really helps me uh, understand myself because again, it's hard to be a human. so i I forgive those people that treated me like shit when I was younger. But, yeah, it really affected me. and I, I learned how to um be myself because of that. Sometimes you don't have to be in the same room with the same presence
0: to to forgive and to apologize. Mm. and that that same that same person recently that i that I talked about, that one-sided friendship. I actually just recently saw him in person for the first oh, yeah. time in uh, in, a, in two years, actually. Wow! And um, you know, I didn't verbally say, "Hey, apology accepted." I, he never even apologized to me, but I've made peace with it, and yeah. I've I've learned to, uh, to, apo- to, to to apologize and also forgive. Because mm-hmm. for I, I wasn't perfect in that friendship either. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't handle everything correctly. I'm not a perfect person.
1: I'm pretty close to it.
0: But I'm not quite there, you know?
1: As long as you're striving for um, whatever perfection is, if that is to get better and be a better person, then you're good, man. Because right. no one's perfect. But if you're striving for some, for wholeness, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. We I, like
0: that. I, I try to be whole. I You know, I, my, my dream, I think everyone's dream is to just have every, you know, category of their life just like kind of fit in very in a very constructive way Mm -hmm. god i mean i hope i hope that's what i can accomplish Mm -hmm. you know yeah i think that's what everyone's is but i think one thing i'm lacking in is what you're able to tap into which is that spirituality and sometimes Mm -hmm. i'm not spiritual enough i feel like
1: well it's all a mystery we're all mysterious human beings i mean i i was listening to graham hancock on the joe rogan experience okay I would call him a British Indiana Jones motherfucker, who dedicated his whole adult life to figuring out and finding clues to the mystery of ancient civilizations and what they what that means to our perceived uh, view of history and how mysterious it all is and how there's the it, it's such a crazy thing. So as long as you're honest with yourself, which you are, dude. You're great. Let's start breathing more. Start doing more Tai Chi, Qigong, yoga, whatever. 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 Yeah, you're on the hero's journey. Well, thank you.
0: I think you are too. Side question though Mm -hmm. who do you like better, Joe Rogan or me? Oh, well, there's a right answer. (laughs) There is a right answer. It's you, baby. The, the, Joe Rogan, I'm coming for you, man. He's coming for you. I'm coming for you. He's thriving, baby. He <laughs> wants your spot.
1: Sorry, Joe. But I'm, I'm happy to be on the podcast, Joe. <laughs> Are you Wouldn't podcast cheating on me? No, no. It's
0: okay. A few people have podcast cheated on me. It hurts, but it's okay. Dude, this is the first podcast I've ever done. Yeah, it's, you're, you're handling it naturally, my friend. You're doing great. Thank you. So are you. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. This is not my first podcast, but I appreciate it. That means a lot. You're a gracious host. <laughs> my pleasure. I wanted to tie back a little bit because you, you moved around a little bit in your life. You yeah. lived in Australia for a little bit. Mm-hmm. You went to college in Austin, Texas, where mm-hmm. you kept it weird. It sounded like a pretty fun time. Yeah. But in the middle, you weren't always in Australia. You were in Hawaii. I was.
1: How was that growing up there? Oh, it was great, man. I I spent a lot of time in Lanai and Maui. And I was a young kid. I was 8, 9, 10 years old. So I spent almost four years there, three years and eight months in Hawaii. And wow. I mean, oh, my God. How lucky was I? My <laughs> brother and I were these young kids in this crazy, a beautiful world. And it really helped me. Now looking back to embrace nature. Wow. And embrace different cultures and people. Wow. It's yeah. fun. It's really fun, man. People are beautiful and, and different, but all together we're the same. It's like, it's so nice. So I think, I believe totally with, <laughs> within my whole being that travel will do that to anybody. Yeah. Did you travel? Yeah. I travel. I've been back backpacking in europe and i did a lot of backpacking in australia when i was uh, over there uh, for a trip in 2017 and that was mind-blowing because i thought i knew the country but turns out there's a whole lot to see right so keep that excitement guys keep that wonder there's always something to do and there's always something to learn absolutely but so it sounds like you've moved around a
0: lot you've connected with all these different places Mm -hmm. but have you ever felt like uh, connected enough to call any of them home yeah, totally. So you you have had that home factor involved in your life. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm actually a little bit surprised, in and in a, in a pleasantly surprised. Yeah. yeah,
1: well, I I I loved where I lived in my life, and I know that when I live, I really surrender. Yeah. <laughs> to wherever it is I am, grow where you're planted. Mm. So I feel like a little curly haired pot plant. That <laughs> just moves around, but you know, I'm growing where I'm planted, you know, it's cool. I think that's sweet. Yeah. I think that's sweet. And when'd you move to LA? I moved to LA in late June, 2018. Gotcha. So it was one of those hot summers, man. Oh. You know, where all the fires were happening and, I mean, well, I, I, interesting.
0: I like to say, you know, California has, uh, three seasons. It gets hot, it gets a little cold and then we get fire. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> oh well, the fourth oh. season is Oscar season. Yeah, that's can, right. You can call it that too, because yeah, we're man. talking about Los Angeles here. Yeah, yeah. But the yeah. fires are disgusting. Oh yeah. Man. I, I had this experience where so it was around the time it was at the time the Joker movie came mm. out a couple months ago, and me and me and some friends, including my girlfriend Shelley, we all went to go see the Joker movie. And we got there's this one guy with us named John, mm. great guy. But while all the smoke was happening. Uh, as soon as we're walking out of the movie, he's smoking a cigarette next to me, and I'm like, "That is disgusting! That is disgusting, man! You're 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 about to make me puke just mm. by being next to you right mm. now." Smoked a cigarette with all the ash around him; it smelled like the campfire you didn't want to have. Ooh. You know, it just wasn't a good experience. Oh man, yeah. yeah. But you, so you got to experience fire season right off the bat. Right off the bat, not man.
1: a good first impression of California. It was just blisteringly hot and i was like all right here we go all right la baby come on (laughs) whoa
0: (laughs) but then when things finally when the smoke finally was gone the Mm -hmm. fire department you know Mm -hmm. killed the fires and whatnot respect
1: to those men and women
0: yeah Mm -hmm. no they have a tough they have a tough fight i've had some not like i I had to evacuate last year actually that that last year actually whoa yeah that was a bad fire because i was actually so i was working on a set Mm -hmm and then that night that was actually so one day that was one day after the shooting that happened in Thousand Oaks at the um what's that bar called I'm blanking on the name but oh, there was a, there there was that shooting and then you had to there was a shooting that i had to be on set and that was emotional cuz it hit my hometown oh, my God. borderline it was the borderline bar oh, that man. had the the shooting and then that was when the fire happened so that was a traumatic 48 hours that I went through. God. And then uh, I remember driving home and the smoke getting worse and worse and having to close my vents in my car mm. and texting my parents, I think we're going to have to evacuate. And sooner or later, it's two in the morning. It's my one day off in this production. Oh, great. <laughs> and my dad says, we're evacuating. No. And I was just not happy. And I knew that we were going to have to do it. But our old dog, Vinny, that I mentioned before earlier in the podcast, mm. we had to pick him up and, and bring him into the car. He was too weak to jump into the trunk of the car. And, and there there are two dogs are in the back in the trunk just wondering what's going on. We didn't have a place to sleep because all of the hotels were booked in the San Fernando Valley. So we slept on the floor of my dad's office. And, uh. and it, we're, we're in Van Nuys now. The next morning we're getting breakfast and we were able to book a last minute hotel right by the LAX airport. And, all the
1: way across town.
0: Yeah, all the way across town. So we dro- we drive across town, and the, the ground is marble. Our dog Vinny is not strong enough to be able to walk on a marble and feel comfortable. So we had to pick up Vinny any time that there was a marble floor, or mm-hmm. or the escalators were there. And we felt so bad because this dog was uh, shedding. He had this severe anxiety, that was, uh, you know, he didn't know he wasn't familiar. It was a just it was the most traumatic for him. Mm-hmm. you know wouldn't surprise me if that cut some life off of him mm-hmm. i'm sad to say mm-hmm. it was very very sad to see Vinny go through this that was the most traumatic part of that entire fire experience oh man that was a tough fire man that is a tough tough go yeah that was Jesus. not fun but Breathe. yeah Breathe. now that's where i need the breathing exercise right there yeah it comes in handy
1: yeah man comes in handy yeah talk about a portable par- portable paradise because every, sometimes everything else will be the exact opposite of that is a portable paradise just a happy place or what does that mean it's it's security in oneself i believe it's just because of your your divine nature yeah so if you if you if you have those skills of knowing how to breathe and slow your mind and you know regenerate cells mm-hmm. through the power of the body mm. the body mind the heart and gut and brain connection dude you're on a you're on a much more sustainable path than all of the other stressors of life because i remember life being that much more mysterious but also set in stone when i was younger it was very programmed to like All right, we've got school, we got this, we got that, You got to work, and then you got to meet somebody, and you got to marry somebody, and all that changed when I became more spiritual. I'm like, you know what? I love love. I want my friends, my family, the world, and myself to be successful, but can I control it? No. Right. I just do my part. Is there a way for you to combine the world's spirituality with your acting career? yes because it has everything to do with empathic connection mm. so let's learn more about humans and i love i love the craft of acting to do that because i can become someone and then i can also learn about someone or yeah. something or every everything in between really mm-hmm. and that's such a wide variety of subjects to cover yeah and the i more think that's th- pretty remarkable Oh yeah, and I was just about to say, the more I think about it, the more I love it. The more I just want to surrender, <laughs> uh, <laughs> surrender myself to a different human being, a different character. Right. I mean, but I had a lot of issues with that when I first started acting, because there's there's a lot of blockages, there's a lot of programming, there's a lot of you got to get in there, you got to get in there.
0: And I feel like not all the actors in the world have the tools to be able to put themselves into a character that is built to be this toxic persona mm. and then emerge from it, come back to the normal side, the normal selves and be healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. how, how do you, you know, so what are, do, do all actors, do a lot more actors actually have the spiritual side of them? I would say
1: so. Okay. So, so it's a myth then. Well, well, I, I wouldn't say it's a myth. I, I'm still young in my career. I, I believe that when when, when you get that deep, it's going to be hard to shake it off. Yeah. So you better have some tools in the tool belt to get you there, to get you out of there.
0: I think that's pretty essential. I think mm-hmm. it's imperative in order yeah. to stay healthy. Yeah, man. It sounds like a wild ride. But so since so since being in LA, what, what has this wild ride of acting led to? Like, what have you been up to these days?
1: It really led me to getting better as an actor and then also learning about this competitive nature in the city. And then learning how to tell the stories you want to tell Mm. there's a lot more power within the artists these days to create to create whatever it is you want yeah and instead of rushing and competing and, and and stressing yourself out just be the best person you can be develop it apply yourself to what you need to do from the business side of things but then be able to let it go And know that you're getting better every day. That took a while. That took a while. You mean a while from the moment you set foot in L.A.? Yeah, it took a while for me to kind of just chill out and and know that it's a process. And there's, there's big things coming. And I wouldn't be here right now if it wasn't because of this whole experience. So thank you for having me. Dude, it's been a pleasure. It really has been. You're a
0: fantastic actor. With a great aura around you, because the moment you walked in this room, by the way, mm. I've gotten a lot more calm. I'm sure the the listeners on the other end can hear how calm I've become. <laughs> I've been really trying to keep my energy up because that's what makes for an engaging podcast. Right. But I'm like, I'm like, dude, this guy just makes me want to do breathing exercises. It's <laughs> actually making like all my cells go through that cool. that process of oxygenating and, and whatnot. And I'm right, feeling I good. You, right, you know, you, I'm man. feeling really good right now. So, Mickey, it's been a pleasure to have Thanks, you. Man. If someone on the other end right now listening wanted to contact you, Mm. get to work with
1: you, produce, Mm -hmm. uh, work with you in it, what is the best way to reach out for you? I would say you can contact me through my website at www.mickprimmer.com, or you could go on Instagram and look for Mickey the Monkey Man. Mickey spelled M-I-C-K-Y, the monkey man. And let's have a chat, let's work, and let's have some fun. All that information will be displayed in the
0: description below. And finally, Mick, Mm -hmm. the question I ask everybody on this podcast, what will you be famous for? Love. Mick Primer, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much.
1: Thank you, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you.
0: Great episode.